And the winner is Bobby Cannavale. <laughs> This is the Extra Hot Great Podcast, episode 6 for the week of September 23rd, 2013. I am Cavalcade of Death, David T. Cole, and I'm here with Deep Focus Reaction, Joe Reed. Hi, see you, Heidi Klum. Awkward red carpet interview, Sarah D. Bunting. This is Vintage Versailles. And Furious Loser, Tara Ariano. Congratulations! <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to hey, another everybody. episode of hey. Extra Hot Great. Uh, day after Emmys. Were we all uh, recuperated? We're all hung the fuck over after <laughs> the Emmys, I would say. If not on alcohol, then on just fury. Yeah. I don't know. Rage. Mm. It seemed like an especially furious Emmy reaction for, like, all sorts of different reasons, really, from the weirdly paced uh, death montages to not even montages. The lack of montages made people mad. It was, but, I mean, whose decision was it to meter out the sadness in such, right? you know, with such regularity? It was just like, it was... It feels minutes. like there was one meeting where somebody Ooh. just sat down and was like, God, Ooh. a lot of people died this year. What could we make of that? Like, I yeah. sort of liked that. And I said this in our chat. I sort of like that they tried to do something different um, and have the eulogies. But the problem is that the people who give the eulogies knew these people personally. And while, you know, Edie Falco was having a moment, which was sort of beautiful on this emotional level. Yeah. Viewers don't respond to these actors and cultural figures in that same way, so it's a little weird. And also, I know they're always trying to find a way where it's going to be quote-unquote fair, and everyone's invited to the pool party, and everyone gets the same amount of applause, but it's not realistic. <laughs> yeah. Viz, Jack Klugman's kid, complaining that <laughs> what Randolph if, during Man those things they let everybody clap, is, and then they had a, they had a uh, applause meter at the bottom. That would be awesome. <laughs> Or what if they just find some way in, like, seven-second post to make all the applause the same? Just right. make all the applause yeah, the same. just level yeah. it out. Like, if we're going to be Special Olympics about it, just find a way to do it or mute the applause like they do at the Oscars. Yeah, because yeah. I know... Don't now? Sometimes they do that at the Oscars, yeah. I feel like at other reward shows, they've they've tried to do something where it's like, no, don't clap until the very end, but people can't help themselves. Well, right, and I think at some point you're getting into, like sort of wagging your finger at people for like their reactions to people that died. And like, I can see why they wouldn't want to do it that way. My more, the problem that I had was it really was just sort of like every 20 minutes, a reminder that like, it was this really sort of super sad year, particularly when it was like Gandolfini and Corey Monteith who were untimely deaths. Yeah. And I, and also, I felt a little like I was intruding on right. private moments. Like Edie Falco, yeah. you know, whatever. She's a grown up. She can yeah. handle it. But it was a little like, I don't know. I felt a little awkward. I well, wonder if yeah, it would have gone there. over whether if they would have like gone into commercial breaks with like a short clip and maybe a little bit of like a pre-taped thing where a couple people say a couple short things. And then they show a clip of like Gandolfini acting, and then they go into a commercial like that. Well, well I, the thing I picking... said. Sorry, Sarah, sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> the thing I said in our chat was, 
the way that they could have handled this if they had already made the determination these are the however many five or six most important dead people that just died. <laughs> yeah. What they could have done is like move those into their own special where you could have had like more interviews, who could have clips from the shows that they were in, you know, yeah. where it's like it, it seems macabre, but people love love that shit. And the example that I use in the chat was when there was that Vogue like five or six years ago where every show was doing a reunion show with their original cast, like people yeah. love to look back on old stuff like that. And this sort of felt like too much and too little at the same time. Yes. Whereas it's yeah, like, exactly. we want to honor these titans of TV who all died. You could have made more of it. And, and in, yeah. in a way that wouldn't have ground the proceedings to a halt on the end. I feel like it was more uh, indicative of just like pacing problems yeah. overall. Yes. That just, and I think that's an easy thing to complain about with an award show, but it really, really was true here. And like, just even the idea to like, to segment the broadcast so it was like comedy first, and yeah. then drama in the middle, and then miniseries somehow at the end because they knew Michael Douglas was going to win, and that was like their big celebrity moment at the end. But mm-hmm. all of that seemed arbitrary at best and super dumb at worst. Like, if they, if you at least space it out and save some of those comedy bits for later, then at least you have stuff that happens later on that is lightening things up. Like that Julia Louis-Dreyfus speech that I had Dave uh, make a clip from is probably the comedy highlight of that entire show and really, really went a long way towards making things better, I thought. Uh, Editorial note, I did make a clip for that, but then I lost it, so we don't have (laughs) it. Oh, no. Oh, sorry. (laughs) We'll link to it in the show notes. (laughs) But I can, if this I, stays I, in. I, I can reenact it. Tara, can you can you thank some some people? I'm sure the clip is online, and we'll put it in the show notes. I guess we will. Yeah, where Tony it. Hale is playing his Veep character, holding her bag behind her, and it was just it was really funny. And then the Merritt Weaver speech I thought was really funny, and that I guess you know I mean on one hand that's really great and funny. On the other hand, I guess if it's Julie Bowen and Edie Falco winning those awards, you're not going to have those moments. So it's tough to plan winner based moments. Yeah. But still, just front-loading comedy just seemed like not the best idea in general. No, and do you I think like- any of this? Sorry, go ahead. Please go ahead. Uh, do you think any of this was a response to n- knowing that half the viewing audience was going to drop out at nine o'clock to watch Breaking Bad for an hour and fifteen minutes? Mm. Do you think they specifically, like, knowledgeably, not knowledgeably, what's the word I want here? With forefought and extreme malice. Yes. (laughs) That is the phrasing I was looking for. Thank you, Dave. Um, Planned where various categories would go. So it was like, well, some people are going to get up at this point and like pee and go get ice cream. And they're not going to care about some of this stuff in the middle. So we'll just and backload it. But even still, you had things like Claire Danes winning was kind of in the middle of it. And... Uh, Jeff Daniels winning was kind of in the middle of it and yeah that's true that just seemed slightly odd and the dra- the whatever supporting dramas and then you're you save for the last 20 minutes things like supporting actor and actress in a miniseries yeah which was just it was just weird and I get that they want to keep all that together and that again Michael Douglas is their big ticket that they knew was going to win so they wanted to save that for the end but like I'm not sure that worked out very well at all I'm kind of wondering what they can do with an Emmy and I suppose awards in general telecast where they pare it down. Like, I know they want to own the whole night, so it's going to be a show that's two, two and a half hours, whatever it is, regardless of what you 
ideally would want to do, which would be awards, no nonsense, get to them, let everybody have their moment on the podium yeah. within reason, and you're out. Which is how the Golden so, Globes usually function. Right. Especially, so, and even yeah. more so before they had hosts. So but, take yes. that idea, and then, like, let's throw out all the extra stuff we're doing right now. Let's throw out the dance numbers. Let's throw out yes. all that stuff, and then rethink it from square one. Mm-hmm. What can we do to an award show that, let's say, it needs to be two hours long and is around 60, 70 minutes uh, of awards, you know, when we give people the time to actually thank everybody Mm -hmm. and maybe do more produced pieces about all the shows we're doing, uh, pick more clips that are indicative of the show's quality, not just five-second long things, but maybe like, you know, minute, two-minute long scenes that really speak to the show's best qualities. Yeah. So. What are the other 50, 40, 50 minutes that we padded out with? I say rethink right. that, come back, and then see if that's a reinvention of the show that everybody can live with. I do wish they would they would hand out the guest awards for real yeah. on the real, pod, uh, real yeah. telecast, Be- particularly because it's more and more... Like, these are actors as well-known as actors who are in, say, the supporting categories. For sure, yeah. So, and I mean, then, apparently, like, there was this really great moment with Bob Newhart when he won, and, like... You you sacrifice that for I don't know the the thing with the I feel like I should stick up I can't stick up for the dancing thing obviously but like that's another thing where just like you do that smarter and it doesn't stick out like a sore thumb like it does where yeah. like you put that in the first twenty minutes and maybe incorporate that into Neil Patrick Harris's opening number yeah a little bit more and then all of a sudden it's not happening two and a half hours into an award ceremony that like you know people are already going to be thinking it's too long yeah and then you're taking 10 minutes to do something like that like there's no way that's going to go over well you're setting yourself up for failure well and, and don't have yeah. interpretive dances for shit like game of thrones where everybody's dying left and right like it's ridiculous <laughs> it's like the was, oscars doing that like brother and sisters start going at it on the dance floor <laughs> yeah or like they did this once at um the Oscars, and I think it was like Schindler's List. Yes. And well, they did the crash dance yes. where they were sort Ugh. of like. Yes. And there were like the um, rhythm gymnastics ribbons happening <laughs> that were glow in the dark. I'm like, is this a rave? <sighs> this was Nazi Germany. What are you fucking doing? <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't. I think it's a holdover from a bygone, like two bygone eras ago. That like, I can I'm get the get impulse it. where it's like, here's one award that is for something that we could build a production number around because. They apparently just feel like they need to wake people up every twenty minutes or something. Right, but just, but this, it's not the Tonys though. Like that's what right. they, every t- every time something like that happened, it was like. And the same with the musical numbers. Like I don't need to hear the song Elton John felt like singing or right. writing about right. Liberace. God. That's just embarrassing me. And what the fuck does yesterday sung by Carrie nope. Underwood have to oh, do with the assassination of Kennedy? Nothing. It was so, and so also angry. what does the assassination of Kennedy yes. have to do with this year's Emmys? Right. Right. Nothing. Right. Right. Yeah. It wasn't oh, 50 because... years ago. It was 50 years ago in November, so shut the fuck up about it. There's already going to be enough goddamn TV specials about it. We'll wait. <laughs> Sorry. Yikes. Uh, my... <laughs> Where's the hateful Buncey rant to? <laughs> but you know what I, I mean? Cut like, the line. The, I, oh, I, I totally, I totally agree, agree with Dave. You. Like, there's nothing better than a well-edited um, montage like it, when you see a really I know this sounds stupid but when you see a really good clip show like the Seinfeld whatever yeah. like whatever anniversary it was when they did a really great clip show that was an hour like those are great I, I wish there was more of that that would make sense if there was like 
yeah. you know, montages always, from the from the from the nominated shows rather right. than a song about how late we are. Like, well, when it, stupid and hack. I always say that. I always say award shows should be a yearbook of an accurate yearbook of the year that we're honoring. And yes. Like, yes. Not under the dome, which and is not eligible this year and is ridiculous. <laughs> have the courage to present your product for what it is. Yes. yes. You know, you are on TV. You are TV. Show us some good TV. Yeah. Seems kind of simple to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone, I think it was Mark Harris, tweeted that the problem with the show is that it seems to be produced by people who don't like TV. Yeah. And that's yeah. how it, that is how it felt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're still embarrassed by it, or it's like yeah. still the 70s when TV really was this kind of, yeah. you know, no one wants to admit that they're watching it and instead of going to the movies or the theater. Yeah. That is a cat, that is a cat having a hairball in the background, by the way. The Please cat welcome is also Hobie. furious about Carrie Underwood singing yesterday. I'm with you, cat. Yeah. All right, so should Preach we go through Hobie. our high and low lights of the, uh, of the night? Yeah, there, oh, must the winners. Winners. there must yeah. have been something we liked. Yes. Okay, so my uh, best winner, I sort of mentioned her earlier, uh, Merritt Weaver, right at the top of the show. I was not expecting it all. In fact, we'll get to our uh, Emmy pool in a bit, but I'm pretty sure I had her picked as the least likely person to win that award. As as they read her name, I literally said out loud, I wish I thought she could win this. And she did. Right? Yes. And then her reaction was so great. And like Anna Klumsky and Edie Falco were so happy for her. And then she got up and her speech was just so incredibly brief, but not in a way that made it feel like she was ungrateful, which sometimes like the very, very brief ones do. Yes. But it was just cute and it was funny. And it, it you really get the feeling that like that's probably – I don't know if Nurse Jackie is even coming back, but it's probably like the one shot for her to get recognized for that. And yeah. she's wonderful. I mean, I, I have it. a problem with it getting nominated in the comedy category, but hers is probably yeah. the most comedic performance, so I was okay it's, with it. It's a show that really doesn't have a place in terms of categorization, and I think you'll see that more and yes. more, where there are you know, comedy dramas that don't really fit in either category, mm-hmm. and yeah. But yeah, she's definitely the comedic element of that show. Yep. I knew someone was going to pick Merritt Weaver, uh, so I went with The Colbert Report, <laughs> which <laughs> one. Uh, best comedy or variety series, which normally is the one that The Daily Show wins every single year. Um, and I am very happy that The Colbert Report actually managed to unseat it because it has been the better show of the two for at least the last four years, if not longer. Agreed. Um, it's so much smarter and cleverer and has such a harder ha- task ahead of it. <laughs> you know, like The Daily Show can score easy points every night and does. But the Colbert Report has to really kind of sneak around in it, and it never he 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 never seems like he's cheating, and uh, I love it so much. Except the interviews, I still think the interviews are extremely fair. But the, everything Report. else, yeah, I agree. Dave, um, yeah, my uh, pick for best award is uh, writing for a miniseries for the hour. I don't yeah. quite understand why they call it a miniseries, but I guess that's all regulations and Emmy stuff. Um, it had two series of four episodes each mm-hmm. in England. Uh, sorry, the UK. And um, we're not going to get any more, but I thought it was Ooh. a nice, tight little series. I wish we got resolution on what was going to happen after the second one, but I'm yeah. glad it got some recognition because um, it was uh, an interesting take. You know, you can kind of feel that it was sold on like let's do something that taps into this Mad Men 
uh, craze, mm-hmm. but you know, let's let's do it our our own way. Let's put that you know stiff upper lip British spin on it. And it was interesting. It was a uh, yeah. it was sort of like um, Mad Men meets uh, what we all maybe wanted the newsroom to be. <laughs> yeah, and well, uh, it really worked. And I'm just glad that it got some recognition. When she won uh, in in uh, my living room with me and my roommates, we looked up Abby Morgan on IMDb because I knew that she had written other things. Yeah, and the fact that she also wrote both The Iron Lady and Shame, along with The Hour, yeah. is this weirdest. Like it's a yeah. very like hard to pin down style of hers, but that kind of makes her more interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sarah. My favorite one was Anna Gunn. Uh, I think this might have been a one of those past masters wins because in my opinion the work that she was doing as an actress was a little more interesting back when she was a little bit more of a like bossy biatch mm-hmm. that the character was and less of a mask of total dread but I think that Anagon is typically underrated on that show mm-hmm. and also I was proud of her for not being like you know fuck you haters right yeah. Now my, you know, now my skin is thicker now that I have an Emmy. Like, she just let <laughs> yeah. that out of it and yeah. was seemed genuinely surprised to have won and was gracious and didn't mention the internet at all. And that's, you know, a plan for living. So. Yeah. <laughs> Good for her. I feel like she must, I don't know which episode she submitted, but I feel like it had to have been the one where she walks into the pool. And if that was the decision yeah. that was made, yes, she should definitely yes. win on the strength of that episode. Thumbs yeah, up. totally. <laughs> All right, let's uh, move on to our choices for... Most infuriating winner. Yes, exactly. Joe Reed. Okay, so I mentioned... This is like merits of the dancing segment aside. I was glad (laughs) that they they, uh, announced the choreography award uh, on the show just because it's always the one award I'm most interested at at the Creative Arts Emmys, and I always have to dig around for it because I'm such a So You Think You Can Dance fan, whatever. And they had four out of five opportunities... To honor somebody from So You Think You Can Dance, and they gave it to goddamn Derek Huff, <laughs> who not only won, but like was also really smarmy and kind of awful. For and Dancing with the Stars. For Dancing with the Stars, yes. And not only and he was nominated twice for Dancing with the Stars, and they gave it to the one that it was just him, not him and Alison Hochler, who was his co-choreographer. And like just uh it was infuriating i don't know i guess he's probably he's probably not a bad guy he's probably just some whatever oh he's probably pure evil he's a bad guy but like i don't know so did you see that jacket he was wearing that satan's jacket name without the word ug i'm just saying yeah and he gave that sort of like semi finger gun thing when they read his name and (laughs) oh god it was awful (laughs) anyway yeah that's mine uh mine is obviously Jeff Daniels winning oh. for the newsroom. <laughs> because I, as, as outrageous as it was in the moment, and it was, I was furious. <laughs> we, are, we all know that show is horseshit. I don't know anyone who watches it because they like it. I'm sorry if you do. Um, but I... And his and he's like blowhard in chief, like he's so hard to watch. Of all the things that are kind of redeemable about the show, he's not on the list anywhere close. <laughs> and even though he deserves... Some credit for playing two of the biggest fucking assholes in film history, Hap from Terms of Endearment and Bernard yeah. from The Squid and the Whale. Two terrible dads also. Um, yeah. He completely eradicated all my goodwill for him with by winding up his speech in the sorkiniest way. Thank you to HBO. I can't imagine a more creative place to work that's so supportive. Uh, the cast and crew, I share this with you. Kathleen, my wife, we, you know, 
We done did it. Um, uh, we'll have to move ew. the golden barca lounger that the AARP gave me for the... Uh, <laughs> around the uh, shelf. <laughs> I'd also like to... Uh, uh, the great American playwright, Lanford Wilson, Stop. said, whatever you do Stop. in your career, make Stop it matter, it. make it come. Shut up! Aaron Sorkin makes it matter and makes it come. No, he doesn't! Thank you very much. <laughs> he makes it horseshit! We all know it! It's terrible. I don't know whether I was, like, Stockholm syndroming by that point, but, <sighs> like, I got so giddy and, like, not necessarily happy that he won, but just, like... I don't know. Our entire living room just like erupted into half laughter, half like applause. Because at that point, the show just has gone off the rails, and it's so ludicrous. It was one of those things, sort of the the mirror image of your Merritt Weaver thing, where I was just like, mm-hmm. guys, what if Jeff Daniels won? And they were like, Jeff Daniels, <laughs> yes. and it was just it was oh the my best. God. It was a caps lock fiesta in chat. <laughs> oh God! And I think this doubled down on my least favorite, which I'm sure will come as a surprise to exactly no one. Wait, wait, wait! Sorry. Let Dave go first. We've got to wind oh. up the category with you. Oh, okay, Dave. Oh, okay. Uh, worst winner, uh, my pick is Homeland for best writing for season two. <laughs> yeah, yes. uh, because that season was horseshit, and especially the plot of this—that was the worst part. Was well, there was a plot? The writing, like, yeah. like it's true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just flabbergasted at that because yeah. I mean, performances. I I am not on the Claire Danes is amazing in uh, Homeland Train. I think her portrayal is cartoonish to me like i'm yeah. not on that i know i'm in the minority there but that said even if you are on board for the performances and you know damian lewis you know got an award already for this and claire danes got multiple awards for this the writing in season two was just horseshit the plot was. was horseshit the scenarios they set up was was just horseshit i mean even season Damian... one started off really well yeah fell apart at the end and season two just sort of like veered into this 24 territory well even damian lewis gave her an interview that came out last week where he was like he said the writers wanted to kill off my character at the end of season one and they should have and they should have he said said they should have he said and he said that's not a writer decision that's a that's a network decision and he's totally right absolutely and that this should have been a show that tackles different you know cases or whatever different you know scenarios yeah Yeah. each season or arcs or whatever and like what are they gonna do with the damian lewis character now like i don't care and i don't fucking care about dana and oh my (laughs) god i'm this i'm not gonna spoil anything but like season three is just snooze fest so far on the the screener side yes and um i just that show needs to excise the what's the family the Brodies, they, they just need to like toss them out, yeah. figure out something to do. I don't care if it's episode three and it's weird. Get them out of there. <laughs> reset that show. Yeah. That is my choice for Okay, I just wanted Sarah to go last so that she could close out this category with the rage that it deserves. Sarah, take us home. Oh, my God. Cracking knuckles. I would like to preface this rant by saying that, first of all, I usually enjoy Bobby Cannavale. Second of all, Bobby Cannavale did seem to share my strong feeling that this win was some bullshit. (laughs) But this win was not just some bullshit. It was all the bullshit. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, the writing and directing of that role was unacceptable. This is why Boardwalk Empire has a reputation for being boring and self-indulgent is because they bored and self-indulged with Jip Rossetti and didn't kill him until like practically the last frames of season three. 
fuck off. <laughs> I really wanted to like that season. I was like, he's going to die. He's going to die. Someone told me he's going to die. He's going to die. I'll, I'll get it. <laughs> even, <laughs> even, Hello, Mr. Cannavale. Even the UPS guy is like, can uh, I borrow your belt? I, <laughs> I, I am enraged. <laughs> well, it's especially enraged. bad for you because it's so fresh. You just finished watching season three yeah. like last week, practically. It really, it, it's unacceptable, especially given who else was in the category yes. and to the fact that yeah. I think this was just the the whatever Emmy Academy's way of being like, no, we watch Boardwalk Empire. We keep up with what's important. We didn't just give them technical awards that you didn't see. Like, who cares? That's yeah. all they deserve. Yeah. Also, I feel like I want to bastards be petty and just say a. I was way ahead of the Bobby Cannavale's terrible train on the show yeah, you when were. I was recapping it because nobody watched it while it aired. I'll get it. Second of- <laughs> Look, Mr. Cannavale, this is my time. I need you. But I secondly, need, I need a bigger belt. When Mark, when Mark Blankenship and I did the Emmy nomination predictions on previously, yeah, you did. I remember saying specifically, "This is a performance that's just bad enough to get nominated." Yeah. Even I didn't think it was bad enough to win, but I did. <laughs> Like sometimes it just sometimes goes that more way. is better. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. That was that was probably my favorite moment of the telecast last night. Is when they announced that he won because I was like, God oh, damn! I wish I was in New York right now. To see no, Sarah's you could have opened a window in Los Angeles. I think I did hear you. Fucking screaming. <laughs> <laughs> All Burst. right. Most infuriating loser. Uh, yeah, Tara. I don't mean to step on your toes on this because yes, I feel like yes, we're yes. sort of. Hitting this from multiple angles. Let's let's just um, do it in tandem. Okay, Modern Family winning was horse crap for like, for outstanding comedy series. For outstanding comedy, especially because as the ceremony went on, like they didn't win the supporting awards that nope. they normally win, so they you started to get that glimmer of hope that maybe it was the steam had you know run out of whatever the steam engine. God, that <laughs> metaphor got away from me. I'm sorry. Ding dong. <laughs> But especially because its competition this year was, I thought, so strong. Yes. And I was really thinking, and after girls. Julia Louis-Dreyfus won and after Tony Hale won, that we were going to see a win for Veep, which I thought would have been incredibly deserved. I thought that second season was incredibly funny. And I know people have uh, their problems with the show, but I thought it really, really came together very well in the second season. Yes. And I was kind of amped up for it, and it was such a letdown when it was just like, again, Modern Family, whatever. Yeah, and I'm not one of the people who thinks like a show should get an award just because it's in its valedictory season, but I would have loved to see 30 Rock take it, even though it has it has yeah. won this award in, in earlier years. Um, that last season was gold. I mean, it was, yeah. it, especially from the previous season, which I liked, I, I've l- always liked 30 Rock the whole way through, but the, the second to last season was, even I will admit, not as great. Right. But that last season was really, really, really strong, and certainly stronger yeah. than Modern Family, and fucking Stephen Levitan had to make it worse by turning his speech <laughs> into some kind of statement about how being bullied when he was younger made him the amazing <laughs> artist he is today. Like, settle down. Don't, yeah, don't like piss away all the goodwill that you... your driver? Fuck right, off. Right, <laughs> seriously. And, and like, yeah. And, he, and he, he, he started out by kind of winning me over by making a joke about this being the saddest Emmys ever because of yeah. all the death shit. And then... Um, he 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 lost me again. That show yeah. was terrible. No one should watch it. Thirty Rock did win the writing award though, and that was nice. It did win the I writing award. That's true. And their last... speech was very funny. Tina Fey yeah. and Tracy Wigfield were great. Yeah. Well, I'll piggyback. That was also my choice. Modern Family for worst loser, and I would have liked to see Veep 
actually take this. Um, I would have been I, happy with that, too. I also enjoy 30 Rock, but I, I feel Veep kind of came into its own in the second season. I agree. Um, it got settled and more comfortable with itself. And when Veep started, I was sort of down on Tony Hale and that character because I thought he was just playing Buster again, sort of. Mm-hmm. But I even... Like, I was happy to see him win because I thought yes. he has really become a valuable member of the Veep team. Indeed. Um, and I think he's turned that uh, turned that around. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Modern Family, I mean, that's a show that I just never got into. Bland But oatmeal. even the people that were into Modern Family, are, you know, they'd just been saying for the last couple of years, it's not what it was. It's yeah. getting worse and worse. Yet everybody's just, it's just like the Emmy darling. And it's going to keep on winning awards until... It's canceled or the Emmys uh, implode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sarah. Yeah, that's a rowboat full of Kramers oh, over there. Can I just, uh, uh, it's adjacent to Worst Loser, next year, I would really like to see uh, Key and Peel in the variety. Oh, yeah. Key and Peel. That Peele. would be good. Nice yeah. endorsement for Key and Peel, which just came back last yeah. week. Everyone should be watching it. It's amazing. Yeah. And I think the nominations for Portlandia will give you some encouragement on that level that they're Agree. looking yeah. at series like that. I wouldn't say I was infuriated by Top of the Lake not winning Bubkiss, but I was really frustrated by it. I think that this joins uh, Southland and Rectify as the triumvirate of what the hell are people thinking not nominating these things Mm -hmm. for anything. Uh, I think Rectify may have fallen outside of the nominations period. I'm not sure about that. No, it was. It was. It was. It was in. Yeah. Go ahead. It was eligible. Yeah, I think I mean, and that's a series, even though it was like a short... Uh, it was like six or seven episodes to start with, but yeah. it was really well shot. It was really well acted. It was beautiful. So I don't good. think enough people were watching it, but I think plenty of people were watching Top of the Lake. And if you want to give Elizabeth Moss something, I just feel like she's never going to get it in the when she's nominated for Mad Men. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think so. But she was so good in Top of the Lake. Her mm-hmm. accent was a little kind of bottle rockety sometimes, but she did really well. And the like emotional beats she got dead on. And the fact yeah. that Southland went down... Hmm. With nothing. I think they got like a fucking sound editing nomination. Like and people. Gaffer. It was really good. So we it should was. watch it, Sarah? Yes. <laughs> we should you catch should up watch with it? it and okay. then be enraged. Okay. I agree with you about Rectify. I wonder if it had if it had figured out the American Horror Story cheat of submitting as a miniseries, even though it wasn't. Because yeah. there is American Horror Story, and don't even yeah. with the it's a totally different story every season. But it's it the is. same. Sh- but it's the same show. It's like, it's like that's practically the whole thing. I think administratively it is the same show, but I think if, if you you could make the same argument out the wire. Output. It's well, then put it in as a variety show since it's all the same people <laughs> playing different characters every year. Yeah. Well, whatever. I'd vote I, for I, it. I agree that Rectify should have been nominated over Top of the Lake, but Top of the Lake having been the one Sundance show that got nominated, it would have been nice to to see it win because it was also very yeah. good. It's <laughs> too bad. Uh, so to wrap up the Emmys, let's uh, now take a look at the Emmy pool, which our uh, buddy Andrew had set up. Uh, unfortunately, Tara missed filling out the form, so only uh, me, <laughs> Sarah, and Joe filled it out. Wait, but- you weren't transponster, Tara? I thought for no, sure that I, was your. No, I went fake to name. fill out my ballot, but I didn't realize it. Clo- I didn't realize it also included the Schmemmies. So when I went to to fill out my ballot, it was like, sorry, it's locked out. So oh, boo! Yeah, yeah. sorry, everybody. Um, so just uh, I, wouldn't have I know a lot of uh, the readers uh, filled it out too. Uh, congratulations to Jake. Uh, you're number one and uh, he was number one right from the start and never gave it up. So congratulations wow. to whoever you are uh, within the extra hot great uh, gang universe. Um, surprises. 
surprises. Uh huh. Joe. Uh huh. Um, Listen. I thought it was just. All I will say is. Wait, hang on a sec. Joe, hang on a sec. Yes. <laughs> and now a smooth Joey Apollo's <laughs> Emmy pool results mean Apologies. look when when you're right 22 percent of the time you're wrong 78 percent of the time what can i say what a terrible night for me right from the start as i said merritt weaver was my least likely pick tony yeah. hell was probably down there for me too yeah it was there were weird upsets real weird ones jeff daniels i think had no shot like no. that was i it was there was a lot of people because the way the pool is done if you were if you didn't take part it's not only are you picking the winners you are ranking the six nominees in your order of likelihood to win oh. so that there are there are ways to sort of get backup points and things like that and there were so, multipliers for various categories and there were multipliers did. for important categories mm-hmm. so you could miss and miss well or you could miss like i did and miss terribly <laughs> <laughs> and it came down to the best drama at that before the best drama i had like 233 sarah had 232 or something like that yeah and, it was like one or two points and us. then just probably because of the waiting because I think I probably, I want to say, I, I guess I must have not picked Breaking Bad. I, I wish I had my results in front of me. But Sarah, you obviously picked better because when the results were in, you had won by two points. So there's a three-point <sighs> flip on the very last question. And, and Sarah, who says she never wins anything, <laughs> took home the crown. Congratulations. Good job, Sarah. Thank you. Good job. <laughs> Going from one topic to another. Speaking of both shows that suck and winning things, uh, we've decided to do a little extra hot great uh, fall season Deadpool. We're each going to pick three shows, and then the first person with all their shows canceled wins a to-be-determined game time advantage. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're open to hearing suggestions on that. We have a few ideas of our own, but uh, if you want to put it in the comments, some ideas, uh, not free points or anything like that, maybe just like extra clues or something like that. I'm mulling some ideas, but if you have some, throw them our way. Yes, we'd love to hear those. Uh, what I would love to hear is that the following three shows have been canceled. <laughs> Dads. Yeah. Betrayal, which looks like it was assembled it's like the ikea of whatever sexy nighttime soap (laughs) shows like barring is there anyone in it we've heard of Stuart townsend i've never heard of that person formerly used to be mr charlie used to be married or not married to charlie theron but like whatever (laughs) oh that thing okay and he was in uh the night stalker remember the two episodes (gasps) of the night stalker that aired on abc and he's finally gotten cast in something again seven years later yeah uh speaking of seven lucky seven is my last show i that's gonna be one of those shows that like it'll start to figure itself out and then the network will give up on it just when i'm starting to kind of like it like journeyman Joe, yeah. what are your three? Yeah, Lucky Seven seems like the non-supernatural version of that one year where they decided to make all of those shows about, like, or not necessarily supernatural, but, like, all the shows about, like, disparate groups of people oh, called together nine. by the, the 4400. Yeah, yeah, the Six Degrees or whatever. And also, TV is just never going to get tired of the idea of multiple people on a lottery ticket together. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's like, true. They really love that idea. That one also has the disastrous thing of being the 10 o'clock show on a night with entirely new shows. So that it's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., 
It's the Goldbergs, it's Trophy Wife, and then Lucky Seven on Tuesdays on ABC. And I I mean, we talked about Trophy Wife, and we thought that actually looked pretty good. Um, but it's one of those things where, like, any of those dominoes fall, and by the time it gets to 10 o'clock on ABC, like, who's going to be left to watch mm-hmm. if, if any of those shows, any of those lead-ins falter? So I think that's pretty, pretty uh, likely to be canceled. Um, that's the only one I have overlapping with Sarah. My other two are Back in the Game, also on ABC, with uh, Maggie Lawson, who's one of those actresses who, if you see your face, you're like, oh, right, they keep trying to cast her on things, and it never works out. And James Caan, and it's whatever, he's her dad, and there's a baseball team, and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, which is wedged between like the middle and modern family, and it's one of those family-ish sitcoms that nobody wants to watch, or at least not me. Uh, and then the third one we talked about, Last week, I think, on a pilot project, or no, on a uh, Worse, Worse Than, than Jazz, jazz. Uh, We Are Men, oof, <laughs> uh, when Jerry O'Connell is your A number one star you're trying to hang your uh, notoriety on. <laughs> That's not good. Poor yeah. Vern. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with Sarah about dads. Uh, TV by the Numbers did its first bubble watch last week, and it's already, it, it, uh, admittedly, most of the other new shows have not launched or hadn't as of last week, but dads was their pick for least likely to come back next year. I hope that turns out to be true. I bet it, that Fox will let it play out the string a little while just because of the Seth MacFarlane factor, but we'll see. Sean Saves the World is my pick of the new NBC no, sitcoms yeah. that's, that's not going pick. to last. Yeah. It really yeah. could have been between that and Welcome to the Family, but yes. I'm going to gamble that America is not that into Sean Hayes. <laughs> he's <laughs> not, um, I don't know. I don't even think it's because of the gay factor. I just think like he's he's been gone for so long. His despite, moment is long past, yeah. Right, and he's, I mean, he's tried to come back with guest shots on like Smash and stuff. I don't think... I don't think America cares anymore to see him at the center of a show of any kind. But Tara um, Linda Lavin. Even so. Um, and my last <laughs> pick is going to keep me out of contention for winning whatever this advantage comes to be. But my pick for the third slot is HBO's Hello Ladies, which is an adaptation of Stephen Merchant's uh, stand-up show, which Dave and I saw, which was... Yeah, did not care for it. Fine. No, uh, I thought it was boring. <laughs> I, didn't, I don't think it was good, but I, I mean, I think and it was great. Coming from Stephen Merchant, who you, yeah. you know is a very funny guy, mm-hmm. uh, did not impress me at all. Yeah, yeah. But this the is problem, kind of you. F- the yeah, the you, problem you, with no, picking this it. for the sa- for the sake of this exercise is HBO is not going to announce that it's not coming back for a, a while. Yeah, but I think it's going yeah. to be this year's like, even though it got a two principled seasons, pick, Flight of the Concords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. HBO cancels things by. Keeping mum about it for about ten months and then being like, "Oh, that, yeah, we're not bringing like that a back. bad yeah, boyfriend." Very passive aggressive. Yeah, exactly. So that's my pick. All right, interesting. All right, so we'll—I uh, don't know. I guess we'll have to just revisit this every time something gets canned, and uh, we'll see at the end of the season how it shakes out. I guess. Yeah, yeah. indeed. Good luck, everyone. All right, so now on to some site biz. Mm-hmm. Um, who wants to take this one? I will. Because we need to do a little backstory. This is the this is something we may have talked about I on think the we old did. show before. Because we because we did it with TV shows, but the the when Dave and I as a married couple uh, have to bet on things, we don't bet with money because it's all the same money. Yep. We bet on the winner gets. And, and may I say we don't bet on chores because no because we've divided them. <laughs> Exactly how we want them because, yes. like, I hate doing folding laundry. Tara hates dealing with dishes. Yes. So that's all 
Also, I don't want Dave to fold the laundry because he wouldn't do it. I right. don't do it right. Um, so, and everything <laughs> else is done by our cleaner because we're jerks. But so the currency, the of, currency our bets. of our bets is the winner gets to force the loser to see a movie of the winner's choice. Sometimes the winner's tolerance. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it comes down to a matter of something the winner wants to see. Only marginally, for me, more than the loser does not want to see. I am remembering this conversation. We definitely did talk about this, but I'll say it again. The sweet spot for the movie (laughs) Forcening is something that you know the other person will super hate having to see. Yes. But you will at worst tolerate it. Yes. Right? The the perfect movie that you missed the opportunity to make me see was the Nicolas Cage vehicle knowing. Yes. That should get you an idea of where we're pitched. Exactly, because Tara would really resent having to go oh, see it. so much. And I'd and I will be like, see, I will watch some shit. I recorded a- The Net this weekend because I Did wanted it? to see it again. Knowing uh, was great because knowing, I would hang around with you guys and I'd be like, hey, that movie Knowing, huh, Dave? And you'd be like, shut up, Joe. <laughs> yeah, Dave, I think, still has like two movie two. forcings in his pocket yeah. that he's been he's had Ooh. for like a matter of years. Yeah. Because sometimes when we bet, if I, it's just like, it's to erase one of his, one of his uh, yeah. chits. Yeah. So anyway, with all so that's that in the mind, idea. this is this was Sarah's big idea. Sarah, go ahead. Uh, well, I felt I forget why. I think we were researching some show that we thought would be like bunting kryptonite or something. And I was like, <laughs> yes. hey, you know what would be fun? By which I mean terrible and cause hurt feelings all around. <laughs> um, is if we adapted the movie forcing to be a TV forcing. Yes. So we sort of spitballed it a little. Like, will one person be forcing the whole rest of the group, or are we going to force it in a daisy chain? So. We bounced it back and forth, and what I believe we have settled on is that uh, the illustrious Picky, who has screwed me so many times in recent game (laughs) times that I trust nothing that's about to happen, and I'm sure I'm going to have to watch a documentary in Serbian about fucking Rod Stewart, but anyway. (laughs) If such a thing is on TV only, no movies, just TV. Yes, okay. Uh, Well, we should... We should negotiate whether TV movies count. Uh, but Picky will determine the order. It's going to be a sort of down-the-line daisy chain of forcings in which, for example, I force Joe to watch something, and then Joe has to force Tara, and Tara right. forces Dave, et cetera, I've been so calling on. it a circle hurt. Nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so, so we're going to pick the order, and then the results will be all of, not this week's minis, all of next week's minis, as each of us gives a report on the thing that he or she was forced to watch by Picky and the Picky Empowered Person. Okay. Yes. Let's go. And on that note, Picky. All right. Let's person get this over in control with. choosing initiative 3000. Picky, who will go first? We will start with Tara. All right. <gasps> okay. Joe. All right. Oh, shit. Damn it. <laughs> David. Oh, oh, all right. Shit. Okay. Sorry, Sons Dave. of Anarchy again. And we all know the last one, but Picky, let us know. Sarah. All right. So, God. Tara. I'm so scared. Picks jo- for Joe. Joe picks for me. Yep. And I pick for Sarah. Yep. And Sarah completes the circle and picks for Tara. Hmm. That's going to be hard. Sarah, Sarah knows a lot about me and my terrible, <laughs> terrible TV taste. Mm. Finding something that will be beneath my notice is going to be really, really hard. All right. That sounds like fun. Bros versus Joes. Get ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. It's time for the canon. And this week we have a submission from Liz. Thank you, Liz. This is your extra credit submission. 
Hi, Extra Hot Great. This is Liz from New York, and I'm submitting Happy Endings Season 2, Episode 21, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Minus Three Weddings and One Funeral, for submission to the canon. In the opener to this episode, the gang is talking about Derek and Eric's wedding extravaganza that's coming up in a few days. Their conversation is a great example of how the show always took the classic hangout sitcom premise to new and weirder levels. I haven't seen anything that choreographed since Colin Powell's UN testimony on WMDs. Am I right? Are you really cleaning underneath the couch, or are you just waiting to slide out with an outdated zinger? I haven't seen anything that unnecessarily complicated since the third season of Lost. Am I right? Asking am I right is not going to make it funnier. Yeah, boy! Jane is using a car mechanic's creeper to clean every inch under the couch. Alex is having difficulty combining Derek and Eric's names into hybrid couple name. And everybody places bets on how long it will take Penny to mention her boyfriend of the moment, since for once she won't be relegated to the singles table. Guys, I am just so excited to not be at the singles table for once. I finally have a date to a wedding. And I think this is going to be really good for me and Steve. (laughs) time three minutes and seven seconds till she mentioned the guy she's dating who had three minutes i had 11 seconds uh, for sure i thought she was opening with it so i'm out i had two hours <laughs> guys that's not a cool thing to bet on three minutes pay up suck dogs make it rain you guys talk about me when i'm not around all the time but things start to fall apart before we even get to the ceremony brad gets fired from his job max is asked to perform in his all-man madonna cover band mandana but thinks he's too fat and Penny's boyfriend dumps her for moving too fast. At the wedding, Jane uses her control freak tendencies to help Eric save money on the reception. I blew all my money on the save-a-date, and now I don't have enough for everything at the reception. Jan was going to help me hide it from Derek, but she got food poisoned. I didn't do it! Nobody said you did. I just want Derek to have the perfect wedding. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. First... We're going to slow down these past apps every five minutes instead of two. We're going to cut the entrees in half, and you know what? I'm going to need a guy on the inside. Oh, yeah. Look at that soft body. I can turn him. You are one wily bitch. While Brad attempts to keep his new unemployment a secret from her. Alex tries to convince Max to get the cover band back together, and Penny is forced to sit at a new and more embarrassing version of the singles table, the Skype table. She also discovers she might have feelings for Dave, but walks in on what looks like Dave and Alex rekindling their romance and thinks better of telling him. In the end, Max embraces his new body, slaps on a mole, and gives a smashing performance of Like a Prayer with Mandana. We also meet a new potential boyfriend for Penny, and we see the promise of a Dave and Alex couple next season. Aside from the usual rapid-fire jokes, this episode has lots of great little throwaway moments. We find out that Penny went to prom with one of the guys from Murder Ball. Jane has a hidden talent for making napkins look like hunks of brie. And Alex thinks the hotel concierge looks like an Indian Martin Lawrence and naturally assumes that is the difficult thing that Penny wants to talk to her about. Also, since the series had really hit its stride at this point and wasn't afraid to make fun of itself, this episode is... AMC Network's Sundance Now is a premium streaming video service offering a rich selection of prestige dramas, heart-stopping thrillers, and gripping true crime series from around the world. Sundance Now believes that life is more enriching when experienced through perspectives that differ from our own. Why is Sundance Now so awesome? Sundance Now's catalog includes award-winning original content, international exclusives, and hard-to-find properties at a fair price.
You get premium content and no commercials for as low as $4.99 a month with an annual membership. And you can enjoy it anywhere. Sundance Now works on all your favorite devices. Download the app or watch online on Apple and Android devices, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, Roku, and more. My favorite aspect of Sundance Now is their documentary library. Pop culture investigations like The Cult of J.T. Leroy, The Pussy Riot Doc, and that must-see for Project Runway fans, Bill Cunningham, New York. But the catalog is impressively deep on the true crime front, too. There are lots of films I've covered for my true crime newsletter, but just as many I haven't had a chance to watch yet, and I had to force myself not to start Valentine Road instead of recording this ad, so... Let's get to that promo code so that I can get back to the film, and you can join me free for 30 days. Start streaming your next obsession. To try Sundance Now free for 30 days, go to SundanceNow.com and use promo code EHG. That's S-U-N-D-A-N-C-E-N-O-W.com and use promo code EHG for 30 days of free streaming. Thanks, Sundance Now! chock full of references and cartoonish comedy that make it even more fun for the fans on re-watching the series. This episode is a great capper for the nearly perfect second season of Happy Endings and really shows what this fast-paced, hilarious show has to offer. I hope you'll submit it into the canon, and thanks for bringing the podcast back, guys. Bye! Thanks, Liz. That was a very solid submission, I thought, and uh, hitting me particularly at a time when I'm missing happy endings the most. I think with the new season of TV starting, I'm really, really bummed looking at some of these so-called comedies that I'm not going to get new happy endings episodes to watch. This particular episode, I'm not entirely sure is my jam. It being the uh, second season finale, it uh, there was an effort made, I thought, to include a lot of story business in uh in the episode particularly the dave penny romance ramp up thing that never ultimately went anywhere and i think that's fine cuz i really wasn't into the dave and penny stuff anyway um i think there i appreciate sort of the need for a sitcom to sort of have that emotional check in at the end of a season where you sort of get to the actual stories more than the laughs but i think it makes it a good episode but not a great one I do feel like Jane got the best stuff to do, and when Jane gets the best stuff to do, that's always a positive. Um, The moment where she finds out that she's the only one of the group who's not in the wedding, uh, I thought was great. I had, uh, Dave, do you have that clip? Yeah, I do. Here you go. Okay. So, Penny, since you're going to be out there being a groom's lady, old Steve can sit with the rest of us. (laughs) Can't wait to get to know him. Wait. No one told Jane about the wedding party situation? What about it? (laughs) Everybody's in it but you. But that's only because we organized the party according to height, and I already had a 5'8". I'm so sorry. It's fine. Quiet Jane is the scariest Jane. The world's most dangerous Jane. (gasps) That moment manages to combine a few of my favorite things, one being Jane, two being uh, (laughs) world's most dangerous game jokes, and three, at the very end, you can uh, see it, obviously, uh, Derek just holds up a placemat it looks like that he's just written drama Drama. Um, a little of Derek goes a long way that's another sort of issue I have with this episode a little of Derek goes a long way he's basically one joke Um, they tend to do a really good job on the show of peppering him in once every like six or seven episodes Um, the one where uh, Max is trying to find a gay bar 
and yes. Jane goes on like the <laughs> litany of like, let me guess what the, <laughs> what the name of the bar is. Yes. Like that was, I thought, a really like good use of Derek. Like 500 jokes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It was great. Um, but I think moments like that are kind of few and far between in this episode. I feel like there's a lot of business happening that's sort of getting in the way of... I think Happy Endings is the best for me when it sort of just like goes full crazy and... Maybe something like the the episode where Max and Dave keep uh, violating codes on each other. <laughs> the one that ends up with the tight home perm. Yes. Like, something like that. This one, again, I think it's not a bad episode. I think it's just on the list of all my happy endings, favorite happy endings episodes, it would probably be well in the middle. You hit on something that I really enjoyed about this episode. And I haven't seen, I've probably seen about a third of the episodes, I think, yeah. so far. Um, Tara sort of finally sold me on it, and we've been kind of watching just them. Just in time for it to get canceled. Yeah, just in time for it to get canceled. Um, but I enjoy the amount of elastic reality they've injected into this show. Um, you know, fantastical things happen, but they're sort of grounded, you know? Like, it's not, you know, Simpsons season 14, stupid crazy, you know? Like, right. there's, there's an alien, and it's not in the Treehouse of Terror episode anymore, you know? It's, yeah. it's It now exists in the real world. They haven't gone that far, but it lets them do some really great jokes. Like, the whole thing at the beginning with, where she's just under the couch, <laughs> and there's really no conceit yes. for it, but just so <laughs> that she can tell those jokes. I mean, that's funny, and those jokes are funny. And it would be funny enough if they were just jokes, but that they're super old jokes, yeah. too. It's yeah. like, that's an extra layer. Um, well, if there's stupid. enough of a tether into, like, Jane is a control freak you can yes. see where like the underside of the couch being clean is a plausible right. reason enough so yeah. yeah and for me like the reason why i like this show more tar can you cover your ears for a second the reason why i like a show like this more than a show like friends is that and, <laughs> maybe, fine with that. and maybe because the show just never had a chance to is that it doesn't it at least the episodes i have seen it doesn't go into that fucking you know, like now we're going to get a little serious about where everybody is in their love life and uh, da, 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 Ross and Rachel and are they then? That's the one thing I really didn't like about this episode. And Joe, you touched on it was that yeah. whole uh, she likes him, but maybe she's going out, you know, with with the uh, I don't know any character. Alex names. doesn't matter. Thank you. Yeah. Um, that gave me like the friend shudder. Like, oh, I don't I don't want that it to go there like i that's my least favorite part of any sitcom is when they start shipping it i remember when it first aired i like instinctively cringed i was like that was great but like don't do that don't yeah. go in that direction yeah um the opening with the very nonchalant air freshener thing at the very beginning of the episode <laughs> where he just like walks into the living room spraying air freshener back <laughs> into the washroom killed me i don't know it was really funny um mandana's obviously you know, priceless. It's really yeah, funny thing. Good. I really love the uh, the little mini list of Mandana Chicago groups. I got it here. <laughs> Mandana, you guys are one of my top three favorite Chicago-based all-male Madonna cover bands, right up there with McDonald and Material Earl. Material Earl. <laughs> I don't understand McDonald. McDonald. Donald. Like the like, name Donald. It's all male. But why does it have to do with Madonna? Madonna. 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 They're all named Donald. Sure. No, it's like Madonna. Are you joking? You really not get this? Uh, it's, it's, Don, it's working okay. backwards. I don't know. I don't get it. Yes. Okay. So I, I was. Wow. I was. I wanted to go Are from one to two, but it's going from two. <laughs> hey, come on. Give me a break. <sighs> That's embarrassing. What? Yeah, I'm what? embarrassed. Well. <laughs> uh, sorry. And the other. 
<laughs> I like TV. <laughs> Hooray. And the other thing that I clip, like, though, also like <laughs> Alicia Cuthbert kind of came a long way on that show, and that yes, clip is a good example did. of that. Yes, like um, she delivers that pretty well. And the other, yeah, I liked her on this. The other question I had was, can you guys explain Man Donald? Uh, <laughs> and the follow-up to that conversation Jesus. I really enjoyed as well. Max, come on, you looked great. You gotta do it, buddy. Yeah, break out the Madonna mole. Mole, 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 mole. Guys, enough. That part of my life is over. I hung out my cone brown headset a long time ago. Though I will always love Sean Penn, no matter how creepy and thin his mustache gets. Looks like a hulked out, roided up John Water. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. And what you can't see is that it when really he says is. enough, he does a little Vogue move with his yeah. hands. When <laughs> this show is in funny mode, when this episode is in funny mode, it's really good. Like just the, a lot of great lines, like uh, when they're in the hotel and the rest of Mandana comes into the lobby. Uh, the line, uh, hide me under your unnecessarily large hat. <laughs> it was really great. Um, but there was like this lull in the middle of the episode. And I found that the Jane storyline after the couch gag kind of fell flat, um, you know, being excluded from the wedding party and the whole thing with the the yellow suit and all that kind of stuff. It didn't really go places that I thought yeah. it could have. Yeah. I feel like that could have been so much more, so much more. Yeah, really. I agree. And, and the fact that it ends on the big Mandana number only kind of highlights that the the middle was um, a yeah. bit weak. I'm curious to know what Sarah thinks, because I know she did not watch this show. Uh, I did not watch this show. Um, the sort of relationshipy parts that you were talking about, um, I didn't love it, but it was like so much less than what you've come to expect yeah. from your standard sitcom that I didn't mind it. I thought that they're taking they're holding hands at the end was sort of sweet. Um, I am shocked that no one ever uh, TV forced uh, me to watch the show before because, like everyone in my family, they shorten everything, like yeah. calling her Black Wigs. I was like, <laughs> my people. Um, I actually think my brother and sister-in-law, um, who are my housemates, do watch the show. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't know which direction that trend travels, but mm-hmm. I thought that was awesome. Uh, I loved the drama placemat. I loved the list of Mandana cover bands. I loved You're My Aside Guy. Um, I loved the Skype table and, like, the lecherous uncle. Like, that gag was, like, so Catskillsy and kind of old, and they just kept going back to it. Um, I liked it. I thought it was good. It was a good use of 21 minutes. In oh, I remember the other thing I wanted to mention that I liked about this show in general, uh, also this episode, is that although... Uh, Alex is the who's Alex? That that's that's Alicia Cuthbert. Yeah, yeah. Alex, even though she's you, they've kind of set her up to be the punching bag of the show. Everybody gets yeah punched. Yes, yes. Um, there's not the one character. There's not like she's Jerry from Parks right. and Rec, and everybody else gets a pass. Right. Everybody right. gets zinged. Everybody yes. gets gets you know gets theirs. Yeah. And yes. I like that about the show. Well, what I like about the show, in addition to everything everyone else said, so I'll keep this short. Uh, is I know it's hard for shows to make a committed couple still funny after the whole will they or won't they thing is over, which, I mean, we didn't get to see that with Jane and Brad, but presumably it happened at some point in the past before the show started. The point is, 
the thing that everyone always says is your show is going to get less funny once your couple couples up. And I know that's what everyone is saying about New Girl already, mm. especially this season. But Brad and Jane are so yeah. goofy. Yeah. They're the best. They're the best. They're like, they're the married couple on a sitcom that every other sitcom with a married couple should be like, if we can't do a Jane and Brad, we just shouldn't bother. Yeah. Because yeah. I think they solved that problem. Um and they always were funny and interesting and like had their weird activities and like the whole thing with their spa treatments and their stinky cheese. It's like, yes, of course, that's those are things that they would enjoy. Yeah. Um, so I liked that they uh, we got a lot of a, a nice Brad and Jane storyline that also ended with, you know, an affirmation of like Joe said, the emotional check in at the end of the season. But in addition to their goofiness, like they really do love each other and are mutually supportive and, you know. Although she freaked out the initially learning that he had lost his job, she bounces right back and figures out yeah. that she's going to fix shit, and she does, and it's great. That's yep. That was a lot of what season three was. And ending on the Mandana number with Brad getting up on stage and doing the dance with, with uh, Max, obviously that's Taranip. Like, yeah, <laughs> I love that moment. Yeah. I had a, I realized as I was watching it, I had a like totally goofy, stupid smile on my face because uh, it was sweet and heartwarming. And I agree with the hand-holding. I thought it was nice. And I also like that Alex's reaction when Casey comes to, or Casey, Penny comes to the room to try and talk to her about Dave, that she, because it's Alex, she has no concept of how it may look that Dave is in the background with his shirt off. Like, she's just like, whatever. Yeah, sure. Totally come in. Oh, no. Okay, that's fine. Like, it's just Alex being Alex. So I thought this was a great episode. I enjoyed it very much. I was happy to revisit it. And in fact, when Dave said there's a happy endings user submitted canon, I thought, I bet it's this one. And I was right. Um... I yes. laughed the whole time, but I had never watched it before, so this might be a relatively disappointing episode. I just wouldn't know. So right. I, I thought I thought it was funny the whole way through. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Shall we put it to a vote, people? Sure. All right, Joe. I'm gonna say no, but thank you for the submission, Sarah. <laughs> I'm gonna say yes, but what do I know, <laughs> Tara? I vote yes, also. Wow, this uh-huh. is a squeaker. I was sort of on 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 the on the fence here because I feel like maybe I don't have. A full enough history to kind of like make a relative quality vote on this but when it comes down to it i think that i laughed a lot i really enjoy the characters it makes me want to watch more of the show yeah you're not a big sitcom laugher even if even shows that you enjoy you don't you're not a big lol guy no um but it really comes back to the perfect quality of elastic reality for this show i can't stress how important that is to a mm-hmm. show for me to sort of be comfortable with breaking uh, some rules, but not breaking all the rules. Mm-hmm. And I thought this episode did good. I do think it lulled a bit in the middle when the wedding is actually happening, like the the reception. Uh, I thought it was a little weaker, but overall, I like this episode. I think it's a it's a it's a good entry, and I am going to say yes. So therefore, hey. three to one, you're inducted into the canon. All right, happy ending season two, episode 21. Tara, what's the title? Uh, four weddings and a funeral minus three weddings and a funeral, I think. You are hereby inducted into the extra hot great canon. <laughs> Americans love a winner. Yeah. And will not tolerate a loser. Nope. All right, it's time for winner and loser of the week. Wow, it's going to be a long episode, people. Sarah, you have our winner this week. Hey, my winner is Henry Winkler. He has a kid's book series, Hank Zipser, World's Greatest Underachiever, and it's set to become a show on BBC, an animated show, I believe. And I just like Henry Winkler and think he's neat, and I'm glad that good things happened to him. 
Uh, our loser of the week is uh, Isis, the uh, downtown Abbey dog. I believe that's his name. I don't know. Or her name. Um, this Donald. is not a spoiler, but in season four premiere of Downton Abbey, just happened in the UK, he wasn't in the credits. No dog butt. <gasps> no dog butt. It's very important to me that every episode of Downton Abbey start with the dog butt because it is watching a dog walk away, especially going downstairs, but just in general, like a big dog like that, like where it's kind of, you know, it's got that butt side to side thing. It's the funniest thing. You cannot watch a dog walk downstairs and not be in a better mood by the time it hits the bottom. This is a true thing. Dave has called me over to the stairs with, watch Gordon. What am I looking at? Look at his butt. I swear to God, multiple times. Yeah, uh, they didn't re- You're not looking right. Saving, Serious conversation to have. Saving graces. They didn't redo the credits, but it was, it was just like a special kind of thing because all the stuff that happened last year is coming home to Downton Abbey. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah. So, loser of the week, Isis, the Downton Abbey dog. Guys, do you know what time it is? It's game time. Okay, no. Time for games. <laughs> All right, everybody. This is the sixth game time of the season. Our standings currently are Sarah with zero, Tara with two, Joe in the lead with three points. Woohoo! Shit. (laughs) This week we are playing Eyes on the Prize. Uh, Because it is Emmy week and everybody's getting awards, we're going to celebrate that with a game from David Johnson, who earns himself an extra credit. For this one, in this game, I will read you the name of an award or prize given out on TV. You're going to tell me the show it is from for two points. Mm -hmm. This is an on-show award. I understand. In the script. Okay. Yeah, not an award. You can ask for a clue in the form of the first name of the character who received the prize. Okay. Okay. After which the correct answer is worth only one point. Okay. You're looking at me like you don't understand. No, I think I understand. I ask questions. These are fictional prizes from shows. They are awards in shows. Some are fictional. Some are like real awards that characters on shows have gotten. Like somebody got an Oscar on a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, Some they're not all fictional. Some are. Some are based on real things. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, Picky three thousand has picked. Let's see. Sarah. All right. Sarah is going first. That means we're going to go from Sarah to Joe and then to Tara. Are we ready to play Eyes on the Prize? Sure. Yes. All right. Yes. Sarah. Yes. The award is the Harper Avery Award. The Harper Avery Award? Yes. I I have no idea. Okay. Would you like a hint? I would. Okay. The award went to Preston. (laughs) The award went to Preston. Real World Road Rules Challenge. <laughs> if only, though. Incorrect. For you, Joe. The show was Grey's Anatomy. Oh. Yeah, oh. Right, I never get that. Right. right, then. Joe. Yes. Cable Ace Award for Best Writing for a Movie or Miniseries for The Heart Held Hostage. Damn it. Because there was a Cable Ace Award. Well, I don't want to give it away if it's kind of... A... For what? For what show? What, what the heart show? held hostage. Jesus H. I would like a hint, please. Your hint is Diane. Diane. Gosh. I don't know. 
You want to take a guess or? <laughs> now I'm coming up blank on shows with Diane's. Cheers. Oh, really? Yep. She All won right. a Cable Ace Award. Good for her. That's good. Ah, <laughs> Cable Ace Awards. Yeah. And I want to remind everybody at this time, oh, all questions are randomized. Oh, lordy. Uh, mm-hmm. As is the starter. So when people get questions like this and it seems like the fix is in, I assure you, it is not. Your award. I'm sorry in advance, everybody. Is the Geller Cup. Um, <laughs> fuck off. It's from Friends. I can get this one. Correct for two points. Sarah. Yes. Best actor Oscar for Hard to Watch based on the novel Stone Cold Bummer by Manipulate. May I have a hint, please? Your hint, the character that received this award is named Tracy. Uh, 30 Rock? Nice. Correct for one point. Joe. Yes. The award is the Golden Lily. How I Met Your Mother. Really? That's what I would have said, too. The character was Rebecca from Greek. Oh, interesting. All right. I don't recall that. Uh, to Me. Tara. Yep. The award is the Bushiest Beaver Award. <laughs> <laughs> the Office. Part of me can say that. The Office. Correct for two points. Sarah. <laughs> oh, Phyllis. Gold medal for kangaroo racing. The gold medal for kangaroo racing. Uh-huh. I'm afraid that I will need a hint. Uh, the hint is Scooby Dumb. Scooby Dumb. Apparently. The Adventures no. of Scooby Doo. Uh, is it Laugh Olympics? It Laugh Olympics, correct. Oh. Yeah, nice one, Joe. All right, Joe. Yes. Trailblazer of the Year Award. <sighs> hint. Phil. Modern Family. Ah. Oh, you've been f- eliminated. Oh. That is from okay, uh, Better Off Ted. From Better Off Ted. Aw. <laughs> All right. Aww. Tara? I'm yeah. basting myself for missing this. Ah, nice. Nice. The Constant Billard School's Queen Bee Diamond Tiara. The Constant. Gossip Girl. For two points. And that brings us to... Our first score break. Does it have to? Oh, guys. Been there. Uh, Joe has zero. Sarah has one. I regret to say I have six. I'm really, really sorry. Picky. Still plenty of game. No, to you're go. not. <laughs> okay, Sarah. Yes. The Jones Walker Game Night Trophy. The Jones Walker, that's like a hyphen, Nate. Right. Game Night Trophy. Game night trophy. Um, may I have a hint, please? Uh, the character that received this award is named Nora. Oh, uh, brothers and sisters. Nice. Correct for one point. Joe. Yes. Physician of the year at Columbia <laughs> Hospital. Hint. Cliff. Oh, the Cosby show. Correct for one point. Tar. All right. Yep. On the board. <laughs> the blood-soaked prom king crown. Clone high. Correct. That was uh, cinnamon. Sarah? Mm-hmm. California State Bar Association Award for Distinguished Service in the Field of Environmental Law. Oh, Christ. Yeah. May I have a hint, please? The character that received this award was is named Mitchell. Mitchell? Mitchell. I'm going to say L.A. Law. 
Yeah, no. Modern Family. That's my Modern Family. family. All right, Joe. Yes. Clio Award for the Glow Coat commercial. (laughs) Mad Men. Two points. Tara? Yeah. Life Achievement Opie Award. Hint. Maybe. Oh, Arrested Development. Correct. Sarah? Yep. Emmy Award for the documentary Backpage News. Hmm. May I have a hint, please? Character that received this award is J.H. J.H.? J.H. I can't give you the additional information that I'm pretty sure you have watched this show. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of want to guess WKRP in Cincinnati. (laughs) But since I haven't watched that show... The show in question is Homicide, Life on the Streets. Uh, Oh, J.H. All right. Number 17. Spread Eagle. Spread Eagle. This is for Joe. Yep. Yes. Local Area Media Award. The okay. Local Area Media Award. What show is that from? I have an inclination, but I'm going to want a hint. That's probably, this is a good hint. Robin. Yeah. How I Met Your Mother. Good for one point. Joe playing it safe. Always a good strategy. Screwed myself out of a point. Whatever. For Tara. Yep. Stephen R. Schaefer Lifetime Achievement Award. Schaefer. Stephen R. Schaefer Lifetime Achievement Award. Hint. Okay, the hint is, I cannot give you a hint because the hint is the title of the show. So the character is also the title of the show. Allie McBeal. Oh, good guess. Frazier. Frazier. All right. Close. (laughs) We are pretty much... Two thirds away into our okay. quiz. All right, Sarah has two, Joe has four. I have nine. Two to four to nine, and we're back with Sarah for with number nineteen for Sarah. The award is Comfort Foods Cookoff Blue Ribbon. Comfort Foods Cookoff Blue Ribbon. Hmm. I will need a hint. The character is Olive. Olive. Correct. Yeah, I don't know this one. Pushing Daisies? Pushing Daisies, no. correct. Oh. Yep. Pushing Daisies. <laughs> yep. Joe. Yes. Oh, excuse me. Oh, excuse me. Please. Writers Guild Award for removing all doubt. Oh, damn it. Um. Uh, Writer Guild Award. Writers Guild Award for removing all doubt. Hint. Matt. Oh, that was my guess. <laughs> Matt was the character's name. Matt. Yeah. Um, Writers Guild Award for removing all doubt. Matt. Uh, episodes? Is it Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip? It is. Oh, Because the award he's right. getting in the pilot. Piggy. Oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, for Tara. Yep. Texas State Championship Trophy. The Dillon Panthers? Oh, Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights. Wow. One more time. Yeah. Friday Night Lights. <laughs> okay, Sarah. 12th place trophy at Nationals. The 12th place trophy at Nationals. Hint, please. Brittany. Brittany? Yeah. That narrows it down. Yep. Uh... 
Uh, Brittany. I don't know. Glee. Oh. Joe. Yes. Riviera Magazine's Man of the Year. Ooh. Riviera this Magazine. This is another one where I have a Man bit of, of a... Yeah. All right, hint? Uh, character is Sandy. Yes, VOC. <laughs> Correct for one point. That's twice now I've had a thought and I've bailed out on a hint. Ah, well. Uh, if you lose by two points. I know. Yeah. I won't lose by two points, let me tell you. Uh, for Tara. Mm-hmm. Chancellor's Award for Science. Um, Beverly Hills 90210? <laughs> Should have asked for the guessed. hint, which was Sheldon. Oh. Yeah. oh, big bang big theory. Nine or two one is the only show that I know that ever cared about a chancellor. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Sarah, yes, the BAFTA award for Lyman's Boys. The BAFTA award for Lyman's Boys. Yeah, so there's a couple hints in there. Mm-hmm. I will need another one. The character is Beverly. Beverly. Yeah. And we're going to give you the additional hint. That this show has been mentioned as an incorrect answer in this quiz. <laughs> Beverly Hills. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I get where you were going with that one, but that was a stupid answer. <laughs> uh, okay, Madonna. Tara, you know Thanks. what this is. It's episodes. It's episodes. That was episodes, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, back to Joe. Yes. First place award for trying the hardest. <laughs> Uh-huh. First place award for trying the hardest. This does not sound familiar to me, which makes me think it's Futurama. It was uh, the Brady Bunch. That's Bobby's award oh. from the Brady Bunch. Oh, Brady I'm going to guess he learns a very important lesson. I thought that was a Buster Award from Arrested Development. Tara. Yes. The Nom de Plume Society's Tom Straw Award for Mystery Literature. Um, we need the show. You can ask for a hint. Castle. Nice. (laughs) I almost said murder. She wrote, and then Uh, I was like, no one's gonna put that in. Which is why I always lose. (laughs) All right, uh, only a couple questions for everybody left. Let's get the score. All right, Uh, Sarah has two. Joe has five. (laughs) I have thirteen. Okay. Well, let's play the rest of the game. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just see how it goes. All right, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Put on your thinking cap for this one. Are you ready? <laughs> oh, wow. Joe's, Dave's neck actually just audibly cracked. <laughs> the first annual Montgomery Burns Award <laughs> for Outstanding Achievement in the, the Field, field of, of Excellence. I would like to fume that I don't need your pity, <laughs> but I do. This is from The Simpsons. <laughs> Correct. For two points. Joe. Yes. The Golden Clam. The Golden Clam. Yep. Hint. Cleveland. Family Guy. One point. Tara. Mm-hmm. The Tellens... Uh, Tellenson? Tellenson? I'm going to spell that out for you. Okay. Uh, T-E-L-L-E-N-S-O-N. Yes, Tellinson. Yeah, Tellinson Award for Public Service. Hint. Marlene. Marlene. Uh, uh, One Tree Hill? I don't know. That's Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Okay. Yeah. Sarah? 
Mm-hmm. Employee of the year at the Sunshine Center. At the Sunshine Center. Yep. Hmm. May I have a hint? You may have a hint. I'm going to give you two hints. First hint is the character is Roman. The second hint is that the answer is staring at you in the face. Once again, the employee of the year at the Sunshine Center. And the answer is staring me in the face. The is answer, so? a big part of the answer, I just read to you. <laughs> I'm still going to answer days of our lives. Is it Mr. Sunshine? Yes. Mr. Sunshine, correct. Oh, God. Joe. Good job, show. Joe. Yes. Tony Award for Best Musical for Scarsdale Surprise. Yes. <laughs> Seinfeld. Correct. Tara. She never yeah. swings her arms when she dances. <laughs> yes. The best best mailbox at the Willow Canyon Homeowners Annual Party. Best mailbox at the Willow Canyon's Homeowners Annual Party. Hint. The character is Gordon. I don't know. The show Party Down. Oh. All right. Yeah. Last Sound question for Sarah. Mm-hmm. Yes. The Jumbonium Miss Universe Tiara. The Jumbonium Miss Universe Tiara? Fuck Perfect. it. Futurama. Nice. Oh, very good. Fish <laughs> strong. Last or question for Joe. Week. Yes. The 2013 CMA Award for Best Female Vocalist. <laughs> Nashville. Yeah. Nice. Right. And last one for Tara. Yep. First place trophy. For Rosalita's run, plus a whole bunch of footlocker keychains and one of those metal things they use to measure your feet. I know, I know it. Hint? Penny. Happy ending. Correct. Happy endings. (laughs) All right. Shits and giggles. Here's the tiebreaker. First person to shout it out gets the bonus uh, Dave point. (laughs) The class protector award. Buffy. Buffy. Ah. Correct. It was Buffy. All right. Final scores, please. Sarah with six, Joe with ten, me with fourteen. Tara! Tara! Yay, Tara! Good job, Tara. Thank you. All right, congratulations, Tara. Well Thank you, picky, really. Done. <clears throat> All right, that's it for another episode of Extra Heart gr- <laughs> Extra Hot Great. <laughs> we started the wrap-up section and then asked the question, do you know what time it is? It's bonus non-regulation game time. Ah! Yeah! <laughs> Take it away, Joe. Um, okay, so we are going to play a bonus non-regulation game time that arose from when we did our ill-fated episode zero of the new Extra Hot Great, Sarah and I ended up at a bar afterwards to have a drink to <laughs> deal with things. And as you sometimes do in the middle of conversation, you pull out your phone to look up an actor uh, that you want to see what they were in or whatever. And so we noticed that on the IMDb on your phone and also on your whatever computer, it gives you those most known roles, right? One, two, yes. three, four, they're most known roles. And yep. it's an odd very odd algorithm we noticed where it's some combination of like popularity and notoriety and 
I'm pretty sure it's a straight search algorithm, but you still can't guess like whatever John Travolta's top four are. Trust me. Right. You're not going to guess them. But then once you know them, it makes perfect sense. So this, like I tried this with a, at a couple different like events that I was at uh, in the next few weeks and it proved to be fairly popular. And I mentioned this to my editor at Tribeca, Lindsay Robertson, past guest of the show, Lindsay Robertson. And I was just like, I'm probably just going to put this up on my Tumblr if I... And she's like, no, put it on the site. So um, we put it up on the site, and I'm just calling it the IMDb game because I'm very creative when it comes to these (laughs) things. Um, So we thought we would do a little sort of truncated version of this where I would be the uh, games master and Dave would step into one of the three contestant chairs with you guys. Very excited. Sorry, what's the game called again? The IMDb game. McDonald. It's called McDonald. So I have enough questions for uh, you each to do two. The rules are: I give you an actor. You get. You have to guess their four most known roles as uh, per the IMDb. Uh, You get three strikes. Three strikes, you're out. On two strikes, you will get the years of the movies or television shows. that you have not gotten yet. Also, I am obligated to tell you if one or more of the roles are voiceover only roles. Mm. All right. Everybody clear? Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, I guess I'll just do the order of the game time, except we'll slot Dave in for where I was. All right. So Sarah will go first, then Dave, then Tara. Um, we can keep score by uh, just for every one of them you get right, you get a point. Okay. We'll see who's up at the end. So Sarah first... Also, I made some effort to tie all of these actors that I picked into, like, television, like, current television, but whatever, like, don't hold me to it. But the first one up for Sarah is Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Hmm. What are her foremost known roles? be best known for? I think, sadly, that one of the best known roles is going to be uh, Adventures of Scooby-Doo, or Scooby, or whatever they called it. Incorrect. One strike. Okay. Hmm. Uh, I think she'll also be known for Buffy. That is correct. Um, and The Grudge. That is correct. And I still have one strike. You only have one strike. Um, and uh, I think because I do think it's based on a search algorithm, I'm going to guess the crazy ones, even though it's barely even out yet. Incorrect. Two strikes. So now I get years. Okay. So I have two left. You have two left. One 1997, one 1999. Okay. Cruel Intentions? Cruel Intentions is correct. Mm. 97. Oh, you know what that is? Shit. Oh, no. That can't be right. Hmm. 97, 97, 97. That's not oh, voiceover, so right? so bad at this game, guys. No. No voiceover. Dave, the beauty is that everyone's pretty much equally bad at it. <laughs> um, my sister-in-law doesn't know any of this stuff, and she's beaten me a few times. You just gotta guess search. Um, yeah. 1997 is the last one? Yes. Oh, shit. I don't oh. know. All right. I think I know. I bet I know. Tara, what do you think of this? Is it Scream 2? It is not Scream 2, is although it, that was also 97. It, uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer? That was my It is one. I Know oh, What You Did Last nice. Summer. Nice. Sure. Nice. Awesome Three points for Sarah on Bring that it one. On. That was a good one. <laughs> Three points. All right. It's turn. <laughs> Dave, yours is Steve Buscemi. Okay. Um, one of these is a voiceover, I should say. Oh, boy. Oh, you know the voiceover one. Yeah, you um, totally do. Okay, Monsters, Inc. Correct, that's the voiceover. Fargo? Fargo is correct. Uh, Boardwalk Empire? Incorrect, one strike. Oh, that's surprising. Huh. Who would um, search for that boring bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Not this brother. Um, uh, I, I think that was the only things he was ever in. Um, old brother, where art thou? No, he wasn't in that. Fuck. All right. Incorrect. Two strikes. Now you get years. 1992 and 1998. <laughs> Dave doesn't know years. No, that's the thing. Is I, I don't know years. Um, and with TV, it's tough, too. Because if they were on a soap and it started in 1959, you're <laughs> zoned. Uh, in the interest of moving along, I'm going to have to pass because I'm drawing a blank. Reservoir Dogs? Reservoir Dogs is ah, one of them. Sopranos? Uh, no, no Sopranos. Uh, the 1998 one is The Big Lebowski. Oh, of course. God, that was really 15 years ago? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Told you I was going to be bad at this, guys. But I'm, do I have two points? You, you have, have two, two points. points. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right, Tara, you're going to get Kevin Spacey. Okay. Um, American Beauty? Correct. House of Cards? Nope, one straight. No! <laughs> okay, Kevin Spacey. Um. Oh, the usual suspects. Correct. Oh, one of these is a voiceover. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um. One of these is a voiceover. Is it a Bug's Life? It is not a Bug's Life. Shit. Okay. Two strikes. Okay. Years are 1997. Yep. And 2009. And I'll also just tell you, you've seen the 2009 one. Okay. That's the voiceover. Uh, whatever. This is non-regulation. I'm just going to say 2009 is the okay. voiceover, and you've seen it. And I've seen it. Oh, God. What was the first year? 97. 97. Mm, the shipping news? Nope. Incorrect. Okay. All right. Eight bags? Just kidding. 97 was LA Confidential. Oh, God. Oh. Of course. Yes. 2009 voiceover, uh, Moon. Oh, oh right! Someone else saw I that. Forgot that. Right. I oh, I love Somehow yeah. that made his top four most searched for. That's I don't crazy. Get it. Isn't oh. that crazy? This is why right. I mean okay, the algorithm so is a fickle bitch. Everyone see Moon though. It's awesome. Oh, Moon is so good. So Tara gets two. So after one round, Sarah's in the lead, three to two to two. Yeah. Ooh, Sarah, right. your second one I is. I feel like it's anybody's game. <laughs> it is anybody's game right now. I don't need you to commentate. Just go ahead, Joe. <laughs> Sarah's second is Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates. The real Kathy Bates, right? Not the skinny Kathy Bates. You know, there's two. Is there a second yeah, Kathy Bates? Get out of here, skinny Kathy Bates. Uh, <laughs> I think she was in... Um, they're both in Titanic, I want to say. Um, Kathy Bates, number one is going to be Misery. One is Misery. Okay. Um, uh, why can't I remember the name of the stupid late night movie, The Late Show? Do you know what I'm talking about? The Late Shift? Yes. No. (laughs) You did already say, like, before you started, you said one of them. I want to give you credit for it. Really? Titanic? Yeah. Burke. Okay. Um, Do I have a strike and a half or Um, two strikes? We'll just say one strike for right now. Thank you. Uh, Oh, I see how it is. Um, (laughs) Harry's Law? Two strikes. Now you get years. 2002 and 1991. 91? Yeah. Uh, m- oh. Misery? You said Misery. Oh, I said Misery. <laughs> what am I... Th- no, I'm thinking of uh, the, the other one with the greasy hair. Dolores Claiborne? No, incorrect. Damn it. 1991 I got is... Guesses. Fried Anybody green tomatoes? Did? Yeah, fried green tomatoes. It is tomatoes. fried green tomatoes. Oh. And the other one is Ooh. primary colors? It is not primary uh. colors. Uh. It is her last Oscar nomination. About Schmidt. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Okay. 
Fair enough. All right, Dave? I'm ready. Yep, let's do <laughs> Dave it. Dave gets Amy Poehler. Okay, in movies? Oh, but it's, not it's both. Not only movies. Right? It's movies it's or television. Movies, movies and TV. Baby Mama? Baby Mama's not one. one what? What? Okay, surprising. Parks and Rec? <clears throat> Parks and Rec, yes. Uh, No voiceovers? No voiceovers. Uh, um, she hasn't been in anything else. Zero things. Wow, baby <laughs> mama's not on there. Um, uh, Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live is correct. Yes. Um, talk it out, Dave. I got an eight years. Okay. 2004, 2007. Ooh. Asking for years gives you a, not a voluntary strike, by the way. So now you're on your last strike. Yeah. Um, I'm out. Can't think of anything. Anybody? Um, They're both supporting roles, but not necessarily cameos. Slightly bigger than cameos. Is one of them her anchorman role that she got cut from? Nope. Oh. Okay. Yep. Mean, mean Girls. Oh, Mean Girl, oh. sure. 2004. 2007, Blades of Glory, which I never saw, so I don't know how oh, big yeah. a role that is. I wouldn't have got okay. those. No. I'll get it. <laughs> All right, so Dave gets two. Yep. Uh, Tara, your last one. Star of Two and a Half Men, Ashton Kutcher. Hmm. American Pie? Incorrect. I don't think he was in American Pie. <laughs> was he not even in it? No. Nope. Shit. <laughs> okay, that 70s show? You're thinking of yes, uh, correct. William whatever, Scott. Yeah, you're right, I am. Dude, where's my car? <laughs> correct. Thank you for that, Dave. Um, <laughs> Damn it. Jobs? <laughs> nope. All right, two strikes. Okay. 2004 and 2010. Okay, 2010 is wow. two and a half men? Nope. Oh, that was he started in 2011. I got a guess. Okay. She's out, what? right? Yeah, I'm yeah. out. Punked? No, not punked. What? Although that would have been a really good one. Uh, huh. Oh, uh, you... what happens in Vegas or whatever? No, no. Uh. And that would have been a, a decent bet, too. Hmm. 2004 is the butterfly effect. Ah, what? Never seen and it. then 2010 is killers. What? Killers? Which is crazy. Over American Pie? I... <laughs> <laughs> so final standings of the uh, experimental run of the IMDb game. Tara with four. Yep. Dave tied with four. Yep. Sarah yes. with five. Sarah Bunting. Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> At last. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you, Joe. That was fun. That is fun. Thanks, guys. That was fun. That was fun. That is it for another episode of Extra Hot Great. We revisited the ups and downs of the quite unpredictable primetime Emmys and made some predictions of our own in our fall show, Deadpool. We set ourselves up for some misery with our TV forcing circle hurt and happy <laughs> endings for weddings and a funeral minus three weddings and one funeral was inducted into the canon. We crowned winners and losers of the week and uh, Tara was the winner of this week's game time. David and Liz both earned themselves an extra credit. Cha-ching! For their submissions this week and get to dictate an extra hot great mini topic for their troubles. 
If you'd like to submit something to the podcast, the guidelines are on Previously TV's Extra Hot Great Submission page, available under the More section. The podcast would not be the same without your submissions, so please keep them coming. Remember... We're listening. I am David T. Cole, on behalf of Tara Ariano. It's an honor just to be nominated. Joe Reed. Thank you, thank you. And Sarah D. Bunting. Best boy. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time, right here on Extra Hot Great. Um, thank you so much. Um, I gotta go. Bye. <laughs> Atta girl. <laughs> <laughs>